Well, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Sue Vak, and I'm one of the pastors here on staff. I work with groups and outreach, and I just want to say thank you so much for making River Glen a part of your weekend, whether you're here in Waukesha, um, out in Pewaukee, or joining us on our online campus. Well, I want to start by getting a little pulse of the room. I'm going to ask a couple of questions today, and I want you to really think before you decide what your answer is, okay? So first question, would you consider yourself an honest person? If you say, yes, I'm an honest person, raise your hand. Okay, most of the room says yes to that. Okay, the next question is kind of a vote between two different things. So on the one hand, decide which one is true of you. Would you say that honesty is always the best policy? Or would you say sometimes it's best to not be honest? Okay, how many for honesty is always the best policy? Okay, how many for sometimes it's best to not be too honest? Okay, that was actually pretty even. Okay, now final question. Raise your hand if you've already gotten distracted since I started talking. Okay, at least half of you said honesty is always the best policy. All right, I'm just teasing you, but I do think that our opinions and our practices when it comes to being honest, they change as we get older and experience more of life. For instance, I found some notes written by um, little kids that show that the younger you are, the easier it is to be honest. Take a look at what they say. The first one says, Dear Mrs. McMahon, you're a good teacher, but not my most favorite. Okay, how about this one? It says, Dear God, thank you for the baby brother, but what I prayed for was a puppy. Now that is honest, right? But I think this last one will probably really resonate with all of us. It says, Dear Brody, Miss P made me write you this note. All I want to say sorry for is not being sorry, because I tried to feel sorry, but I don't. <laughs> thank you, Liam. I think we've all been there. And while those notes are funny, I think that most kids start out in life thinking honesty is always the best policy, but somewhere along the way, we decide that honesty can be tricky, and we start to hide things from other people and from God. I think we decide that it's better if others don't know exactly what we're thinking or what we've done, because our honesty can reveal a weakness. And the price of letting others know our weaknesses is just too high. I've seen this at play in so many families, including my own. You know, one spouse opens up a credit card account without telling the other so some purchases can be made in private or certain groceries get stashed in a dresser drawer or the storage closet so some food can be eaten in secret. Or of course, there's the teenager that says they're going to the mall or to the movies, but really they're going to that unsupervised house party. I think we all struggle with secrets, but I believe that God's plan is for us to overcome those secrets, and his plan includes others coming alongside us to help us overcome. And it's the reason we decided to do this Better Together series. For the last several weeks, we've been talking about why doing life in community is better than doing life alone. And it's based on this book by Rusty George. We've been talking about it for three weeks um, called Better Together. And next weekend, Rusty's coming all the way here from California to wrap up the series. You do not want to miss next weekend. But let me do a quick recap. In the first week, we learned about um, Jesus's prayer for his followers to be unified in community. And then last week, we were challenged not to give up on community because we need it to spur us on towards growth. And today, we're going to wade into another aspect of becoming better together in community. And that's the idea that community helps us to overcome our weaknesses, even the weaknesses that we've been hiding for a long time. And not just overcome our weaknesses, but actually bring about healing and change in our lives. And I think we've all heard the stories, maybe you've even experienced yourself 
yourself, you know, someone gets sick, but then their family members show up and they start to feel better. Or a friend is going through a crisis and they feel better just by having their support system sitting next to them in the waiting room or the courtroom. And the weakness that we're going to talk about today, it's the type of sickness that's internal. It's the sickness of guilt and shame and regret that results from being faced with temptation and then making a decision to act on that temptation. When we act on a temptation or a desire that is um, against God's design for our life, when we do something that's contrary to God's character, God calls that sin. And being tempted isn't the sin, it's the decision to act on that temptation, the choice to actually do the thing that we know is wrong. And when we were younger, I think it was easier to admit our wrongdoing or our sin, um, maybe because the consequences of being in trouble back then, they were over relatively quickly. You know, go to your room, sit in time out, get grounded for a week, and the stress over worrying whether someone was going to find out what we did, it just went away when we came clean. But as we got older, we stopped calling it being in trouble, and we started saying things about our sin like, oh, I struggle with this, or this is my guilty pleasure. And the problem with guilty pleasures is that they can turn into addictions. And what happens in Vegas doesn't necessarily stay in Vegas. It comes home with us. And it spills over into more and more relationships until the sickness of sin becomes a spreading infection in our lives. But what if we decided that honesty is the best policy when it comes to revealing our sin and choosing transparency over hiding is a better way to live? What if we discovered that opening up to others about our weaknesses, about our sin, resulted in the type of healing that's every bit as real as what we experience in the doctor's office? The plan to overcoming sin and healing, the healing that I'm talking about, it happens through confession. Confession to God and confession to others. I want us to look at some passages in the Bible today that show us how this path to overcoming sin um, is, is the one God wants us to take. And I think we'll discover that many of us, we embrace that first step wholeheartedly, and rightly so. But there's another step to confession that involves the community of believers and confession to other people. And I want us to see that confession to others is God's plan to bring about healing in our lives. So let's start in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So the writer of Hebrews tells us that in this race of life, we need to strip off every weight that slows us down, every sin that trips us up. There's another, another version that says that the sin entangles us. It means it makes it really hard for us to move through life easily. Imagine trying to run a race with your shoelaces untied. That's the image that the writer wants us to have in our head when we think about how sin can tangle up our walk with God. And the first step to throwing off that sin is to confess to God. And there are many verses in the Bible that teach us that the confession to God brings about forgiveness and salvation. Romans 10.9 says that when we openly declare that Jesus went to the cross for our sin, that we're forgiven and saved. 1 John 1.9 reminds us that as we continue to confess our sins through prayer, God remains faithful to forgiveness and salvation. And then in Matthew chapter 6, the sample prayer that Jesus taught us, the one that starts with our Father in heaven, it goes on to teach us to pray, Father, forgive us our sins. 
God answered those prayers through Jesus. Our sin was paid for at the cross. Jesus took the penalty, we're forgiven. We remember that truth every week when we take communion, just like we did today. But then in James 5.16, James encourages us in the next step of confession. He tells us, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. It's really our brokenness, our ongoing issues of giving into temptation and choosing to sin. That's what gets in the way. Our ongoing sinful behavior, that's what tangles us up. That's what weighs us down and makes it hard for us to run the race that God has laid out for our lives. These sins are the ones that the community of believers can help us heal from if we choose confession to others. Stay with me here because I know that for many of us, the last thing we want to do when we're tempted is to talk about it. I mean, no working mom wants to admit that she's um, tempted to call in sick and talk about a sick kid so that she can just sleep in. And no one wants to admit that they feel pretty insecure about themselves, so they tend to point out the flaws in other people. But even though we know that the temptation itself isn't sinful, we hesitate to voice even our temptations because we fear people's reactions. And so we just decide to keep quiet. And when we're in a group setting with other Christians, that place where Ben challenged us to become more vulnerable a couple weeks ago, we downplay our sin. We say things like, oh, I cut someone off in traffic, or I was rude to someone at the store. Because even scarier than admitting that we've given into the temptation to sin even one time is the thought of confessing that we've given into sin so many times, so often, that it's become a habit. No one wants to share how they've not just been flirting with a coworker, but they've actually had a one-night stand, or how an occasional temper flare-up has turned into regular screaming and belittling the people in their house. We assume that other people aren't going to understand, that they're going to judge us, and so we decide we'll just tell God about it in private. We'll fix it on our own, and then we'll share later how we overcame sin through Christ's strength. But James says that we're healed when we confess our sins to one another. That the way to become a better me, a healed me, is through confession to others. Author Stephen Mansfield did research on what was behind many public failings over the last several decades. You know, those people that live in the limelight, but they gave into temptation, they suffered public exposure, and all of those failings could be traced back to secrets. Our secrets make us sick. And secrets are kind of like splinters. The longer they're in, the worse it becomes. It's best just to get it out. To become a better me, it takes the power of we. Confession to others brings healing. We confess to God for forgiveness. We confess to others for healing. God will always forgive. He'll always love. God offers forgiveness the very first time we ask him in faith. And each time that we go back to him and say, we messed up again, we sinned again, you know how he responds? With forgiveness and love every time. But we all know that it's trickier with other people. You might be completely tracking with me. You might be saying, yeah, I I think it's better not to keep your secrets hidden. Um, I want to experience healing for my ongoing sin issues. But when I challenge you to confess those sins to another person, you might be thinking, I don't know. 
And I think most of us feel that hesitation. And if that's where you are, um, it could be that you're holding on to some misconceptions about confession today. I think most people, when we think of confession, we immediately think of privacy. Maybe you grew up thinking confession only happens when you're all alone. I know for me, I grew up thinking that confession was something that you did with someone you can't see. It happened in a private room through a hole in the wall. I mean, maybe confession for you happens when you're lying in bed at night or kneeling down next to your bed all alone, privately telling God about the sin you committed that day. Or maybe you've always thought that confession happens solely when you're sitting in a room like this one in church. But what happens is when we confess our sins in private, we feel bad, we feel guilty. We might even tell ourselves that we need to do some penance. We need to do something extra or deny ourselves something to make up for what we did wrong. And this act of private confession and penance, it empties our sin bucket for that week or that day. But what happens is we take our sin bucket back after we've emptied it and we go out into that next day or the next week and we just fill it back up with more sins, either the same ones or new ones. And we don't feel healed. We just feel defeated because we can't quite put the sinful behavior behind us. I think many of us practice confession because we believe we're supposed to feel bad about our sin. We're supposed to do penance, but that word penance actually comes from another word. It's repentance. And the word repentance means not just to feel bad about our sin and to continue to repeat the same behavior, but that we actually make a change in our behavior. The word repent actually means to turn from evil and to turn towards good. And somewhere along the way, we started to believe that the point of confession was to relieve our guilt, to make us feel better. But God wants us to lean into others so we can actually be better. God wants us to be able to truly repent, to turn away from the evil desires that lead to sin and to turn towards the goodness of an abundant life following Christ. And God knew that we would need the strength and the accountability of other people to help us with repentance, the strength we find in community. Confessing our sins to one another is a step towards repentance. That's why the Bible teaches us that confession means we tell God we're sorry and then we tell another person we're sorry. We open our souls to someone else besides God. It is hard, but it results in healing. Confession to others brings healing. I have a good friend who I've known for almost 20 years, and we were talking one day a long time ago about marriage, and I reluctantly told her about some resentment and anger that I was feeling towards my spouse. And I actually remember kind of bracing myself for her reaction. And I think I was most surprised by um, what she didn't say that day. She didn't say, oh yeah, me too, or oh, it'll be okay. She didn't even give me advice. What she did was she just put her arms around me and she said, that stinks, I'm gonna pray for you. And then she started to pray. And when she was done praying, I was ready to hear some advice. I mean, the relief over finally saying it out loud and having someone else talk to God on my behalf it cracked open my heart enough for healing to start. I couldn't even begin to entertain the idea of repentance until I had voiced my sin out loud to someone else. Now, I wish I could say that I have lots of stories like that, but I'd be honest with you, I struggled to find one story that I was willing to share today because confession to others is really hard, and I'm not very good at it. I'm proud, I like to be right, I like to look good, and it is kind of uncomfortable. But that's why we need to practice confession. Like anything else in life, the more you do it, the easier it is 
and the less uncomfortable it becomes. I had an opportunity to practice it not that long ago in a new group that I was leading. We broke into smaller groups, and um, the assignment was to share something that was holding you back from your growth um, in faith, something that needed to change in your life. And because I was the leader, I knew I had to be honest and transparent. So I shared a destructive habit um, in my life that I had only ever talked to God about. It wasn't easy. It was a little awkward. But we all kind of pushed through because there's a sense of almost physical relief when a secret is brought into the light. And when one person confesses, it makes it a whole lot easier for everyone else to do the same. We have to think of confession like a muscle that needs to be exercised to get stronger. I want to be a better me. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, when it comes to confession, it gets less scary every time you do it. And the result is that you feel better and you act better because confession to others brings healing. So how do we put this into practice? Well, if the sin that we've committed is against another person, we confess to the person that we've hurt. Whether it's your boss, your brother, your sister, your coworker, a friend, a teacher, you just go to that person and you say, hey, I've told God I'm sorry, and now I'm telling you I'm sorry. I want to heal the hurt that I've caused. I want to turn away from this behavior in the future. Or if it's a sinful habit that you need to confess, a destructive habit that you can't seem to shake, we confess to someone who can help us break that debilitating habit. Because there are some habits, and those of you who are in recovery groups, you already know this, there are some habits and behaviors that we need the help of other people to turn away from. In fact, here at River Glen, we have Celebrate Recovery on Monday nights where they encourage open and honest confession to each other all the time. Recovery knows that the way, um, people in Celebrate Recovery, they know that the way to overcome their hurts and habits and hangups is with other people who are going through the same issues. You don't have to sign up for Celebrate Recovery. You can just show up any Monday night and start to practice confession to others. God gave us a community in the church because the strength and the, that we need, it's available when we open up to someone else besides God in private. It could be a place like Celebrate Recovery or it could be a smaller group of people. The healing will come when we open our souls to someone besides God, to real flesh and blood people. Now, I want to acknowledge the tension that we might be feeling right now because I know there's a lot of tension around this subject. I don't live in a fantasy world, but I think that the tension um, that there is is the fear of consequences. When we confess, there might be immediate consequences. But I think that we sometimes fear the consequences of immediate confession more than we fear the consequences of concealment. Because when you put confession off, the consequences, they only get worse. The secrets, they get stronger, they get darker, they impact more and more relationships. They carry from chapter to chapter in our lives. But when you confess right away, yeah, the consequences are immediate, but they're local. Whereas the consequences of concealment, they can stretch out over a lifetime. And then one more practical step. Once we start to practice confession to other people, we may find ourselves on the receiving end of someone else's confession. So we need to respond gently to someone else's confession. 
Confession requires vulnerability. And when we start letting people see us in a more honest way, we're going to want to know that they'll respond to us with gentleness and grace. Paul is another um, New Testament writer, and he speaks to this in Galatians um, chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. You know, I love that phrase in verse 1 where it says, gently and humbly, because isn't that how all of us want other people to respond to our sin and our confession? When we respond gently, we don't act shocked or disappointed or disgusted. We remember how easily it could be us as the one making the confession. So we humbly pray, and we help that person back onto the right path. That means we stick in there with them, and we help them take steps towards repentance and healing. We pray, and we walk alongside, just in case there's another stumble. And when we respond in this way, you know what happens? We mirror the way that God responds when we confess to him. When we gently and humbly help our brother or sister back onto the right path, we help them to truly believe that God forgives them, and we help them to receive God's grace. Paul also reminds us to be careful not to fall into the same temptation ourselves, and I appreciate that reminder that sin can happen to anyone. We're all susceptible to the temptation to sin, and we all need others to help us resist that temptation. We're all in this together as we carry one another's burdens. It's so important that you find the people or the person that you can practice confession with and that you can be the listener for someone else. It takes courage to seek out those types of relationships. And I, I know that I would have never grown in this area if it wasn't for the groups that I've been involved with over the years. And that's why we strategically placed this series in January and why we're encouraging everyone to join a group this winter because the best place to find a person where you can build a confession relationship with is in a group. Groups at River Glen, they're full of people just like you who struggle with temptation, who struggle with sin, who want to experience healing and repentance. Men and women who want to be better themselves so they're ready to lend an understanding ear um, and grace to others. Right now, we're offering two great group experiences, Alpha and Rooted. And they're both short-term groups. They're only 10 weeks, but they are both great places to start to find and build these kind of relationships. You know, we've been offering Alpha at River Glen for a long time. And it is a great place for people who are new to groups. Maybe you're new to faith and you, you have questions about what it means to be a Christ follower. Alpha is the place for you to explore those questions with other people. Alpha will also help you get connected at River Glen so you can start to find those relationships that can grow closer over time. We're offering Alpha at both of our campuses. It's on two different nights. And if you're just starting on this faith journey, if you're just starting on this group journey, I hope you'll choose to sign up for Alpha. Now, some of you have been in groups before, but for some reason, maybe you've stopped going to a group. And, and today, you realize that you need to experience healing in your life. And in order to do that, you need to do something different when it comes to confession. And a rooted group is a great place for you. 
Rooted groups, they're an interactive experience where you read from the Bible, you journal your reactions to what you've read, and then you discuss those observations with your group members. And in Rooted, there's an entire lesson built in where you get to practice confession to another person. This lesson happens after you've been together for a while and you've built up some trust and some connection. And I've been through Rooted several times already, and the story that I shared earlier about confessing a destructive habit in my life, that happened in my very first Rooted group. And every time I ask for feedback from people that have been through Rooted, you know what they tell me? They tell me that they have found relationships in Rooted where they can have honest friendships and share about personal things. Don't pass up on this opportunity to become better together in a group. You know, this weekend at our Waukesha campus, you can go right out to the lobby to our open door group link event where you can sign up for Alpha or Rooted. I don't think you could miss it on your way in. It's got the balloons. It's right in the center of the lobby in front of the connect wall. And there's people out there that can help you get signed up. It is so easy to sign up. We've created these online forms that ask you a few questions. They're easily accessible on your mobile device. If you know which group is right for you, you can just type the address for Alpha or Rooted into your browser and it'll take you right to that page where you can sign up. Or you can pull up our website on your device. You go to the menu page, you go down to the next steps heading and you click on Alpha and Rooted Discovery Groups. But if you wanna talk to someone, if you need some help, we are ready for you out at Group Link in the lobby. Just come on out there or stop by and say, hey, I signed up for a group so that we can celebrate with you. For those of you who are in Pewaukee, we're bringing Group Link to you next week, Sunday, February 3rd, including all of our cool balloons, but you don't have to wait for Group Link. You can go right out to your lobby today, go to your connect wall and sign up for a group. Also, of course, you can use um, your mobile device and sign up online as well. And I wanna talk to those of you who are listening online. We are so glad that you have discovered River Glen through our online campus. And if you are in our area, I want to challenge you to sign up for an Alpha or a Rooted group and take your next step to getting connected here at River Glen. Your online host is going to post a link in the chat window where you can click on it and go right to the page where you can sign up or you can go on our website anytime. Just go to the menu page under Next Steps, Alpha and Rooted Discovery Groups. We've already had over 150 people sign up for an Alpha or a Rooted group already, and I couldn't be more excited that so many of you are choosing to become better together in a group this winter. If you haven't signed up yet, today is your day. Choose to get in a group. Choose to put yourself in a setting where you can build and practice confession to others and experience healing. Listen, I know that this is a big step for some of you. We all wish that the path to overcoming sin um, was easier, was less challenging. But wouldn't you like to leave the heaviness of your sin behind? Wouldn't you like to let go of the fear of someone finding out and embrace healing instead? Wouldn't you like to turn away from sin and turn towards good? I want to give you some time to think about everything that I've shared today. So the band's going to come and they're going to play a song. And as you listen to the lyrics, I want you to talk to God. If you need to confess for the first time today that you need forgiveness for your sins, if you're ready to declare that Jesus is Lord, do that in your heart during this next song. If you need to find some courage to start practicing confession to others, ask God for the courage today so you can begin 
down that path towards healing. And if you're ready to jump into a group, but you need to talk to someone that you're sitting by, you need to check your calendars, figure out what works for you, then take the time during this next song to do that. There's a card that you got on your way in today, and it's got information about Alpha on one side and Rooted on the other. Everything that you need um, to know about those two groups is on that card, so use it to guide your discussion during this next song. You know, we all have an opportunity in this season to become a church, a church community of honest followers of Jesus, people who admit that temptation to sin is strong, and sometimes we give in. And we can become a community that decides we don't want to live in secret, but we choose to be better together. We choose confession to one another to bring healing. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful that you've provided forgiveness and healing for our sins. We thank you that Jesus went to the cross to secure our forgiveness, and we're thankful that you use other people in our lives to bring about healing. God, I pray in these next few moments that we would surrender to that plan for our lives. I pray for those who don't have others that they could talk to about their struggles with sin. God, give them the courage to join a group today. Help all of us to seek out relationships where we can be honest about our sin. And we pray for guidance and strength to live lives of transparency so that when we experience healing, the rest of the world would know that we follow you. I thank you for your love and your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.